Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. We're so fucking thrilled you're here. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, how's your day going? Ah, doing good. I'm not F-bomb in the first 30 seconds of recording good, but uh, I'm doing pretty good. Hey, if you can't handle us dropping an F-bomb, you should just go ahead and shut it off right now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of other worse things that are going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no filters here in the shop, right? Yeah. Anyway, we got a great show for you today. Plenty of plenty of news. We're just skip, skip. two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? True. I think, Kyle, you've got the uh, one of the big stories to lead off with. Uh, I was seeing a bunch of stuff getting posted over the weekend about Credit Suisse. 
Credit Suisse. Credit Suisse. 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 Did you ever land on a proper pronunciation of that? The old CS. There was a lot of people speculating that Credit Suisse was going to, I guess, I don't know, just bankrupt or default or go. Really? Yeah, like, I think a lot of people were expecting this something to happen this week that was going to cause the markets to like finish crashing or to be the catalyst for that. Like the <laughs> like credits, Swiss Swiss would just one day be like, "Oh, guys, by the way, we're out of money." Whoops. Well, I mean, they are not in very good straits from what it looks like. Uh, uh, reading through this article from Reuters. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Now, you remember when we were talking about the credit default swaps, the CDS spreads, when we were talking to Jared Bibler and uh, learning more about uh, uh, the financial collapse of 2008, 2009? I don't not remember it. Uh, I still don't necessarily quite understand what a uh, credit default swap actually is, but I do know that it's something that people trade and has something to do with your, like the health of the company. Like the the bigger the spread gets, then the less likely you are to be able to cover your debt, I think. I think that's how it works. Uh, the According to the Oxford Dictionary, it is a financial contract whereby a buyer of corporate or sovereign debt in the form of bonds attempts to eliminate possible loss arising from default by the issuer of the bonds. This is achieved by the issuer of the bonds insuring the buyer's potential losses as part of the agreement. Bond insurance. The whole thing that was going on in Iceland was I think they were like reaching some kind of deal to try to cheat the credit swap default or the credit swap spread they're trying to make the spread look more favorable for them right cheat the spread well mm-hmm. credit Seuss's, uh cds spread has reached the highest since 2009 oh that 249 bips and in 2009 it peaked at just over 250 wow we're not quite back to the 80s with that level yet but we have rewound to the last financial crisis i mean well at least one one bank one financial institution is not looking as good. Uh, I mean, this is also the the company that lost uh, was it five billion or more from the collapse of Archegos, and then they also were linked to the the Green Cell um, deal. You remember that one too? Oh yeah, yeah. The the old well, we think we could get this these many customers. <laughs> right. And if you could, then what would you sell to them? Yeah. That, but... <laughs> what would your what would your sales be? Yeah. So the shares would come down about 11.5% before finally uh, uh, rebounding a little bit today. But the international bonds were showing the strains. Mm. Let's see, the spreads were quoted on Monday morning about 40 to 90 basis points wider across their outstanding bonds. The bonds maturing in 2027 were about 365 bips over treasuries on Friday. Well, I don't know why I'm reading all this stuff. This doesn't make any sense. So, so basically, it costs more money to insure the debt. In Credit Suisse? Yeah, I think they get paid. I think if you purchase these, you get a much more favorable rate because it's that much more risky. Like the more risky it gets, then. Because it's such more likely that the debt defaults. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> there's been a lot of eyes on them. Um, so what's my what's my super risky move here? Do I, do I like buy all YOLO into default swaps issued by Credit Suisse? And if they survive, I make out like a bandit. If they go bankrupt, I lose. Uh, yeah, I think that's how that works. All right, let's do it. But what happens if they get bailed out? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of analysts <laughs> and uh, people uh, that were that were they're feared on their fears are on the bank's ability to execute some kind of turnaround strategy. It's supposed to be revealed on the 27th. 
Uh, people are saying that the bank does have enough capital and cash to deal with any crises, but people are getting more and more worried, obviously, because, you know, with interest rates rising, the recession fears, the war in Ukraine, uh, there's all kinds uh-huh. of things that are causing people to get more and more worried about their ability to execute any sort of turnaround. Oh, yeah. And that's a, that's a pretty large bank. A spooky Halloween announcement. <laughs> so the bank is considering measures to scale back its investment bank into a, quote, capital light advis- advisory-led business. Uh, and they're evaluating strategic options for securitized product business. Well, we tried to do all this stuff, but we weren't good at at, at most of it. So we'll just stick, <laughs> sh- kind of shrink down to what we were good at. Oh, this is uh, this is all because of their their shitty uh, uh, investments in Archegos and and Greensill. Like it's just, I don't know what the what, due diligence are not researching their investments very well. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what we brought down the Royal Bank of Scotland. Right? Uh, it's it's a story as old as banks. <laughs> Banks acting, banks acting, uh, very loosey goosey with money. We just we just had the Trade Runner series, the first episode with Rich Friesen hit, and one of the things we talk about there is how destructive confidence can be. Mm-hmm. Like you need to have confidence, but there's a level where you can be you're you're so successful, right? That you you stop doing what you need to be you're supposed to be doing because you get overconfident in yeah you in just think that anything you touch is gold and and you exactly. stop actually doing the work that got you successful in the first place mm-hmm mm-hmm or even worse like Royal Bank of Scotland <laughs> you just get lucky the first time <laughs> <laughs> yeah confidence without the work is not good. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think a lot of people were expecting Credit Suisse to have something happen today that was going to cause the markets to continue dropping. But you know what happens when everyone gets bearish at once. Right. When everybody's convinced it's going down, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what happened uh, today. Today. Uh, yeah. that's actually my next story, but I'll, I'll wait. To, I'll let you let you have one first. Well, there's one to follow up on on that uh, on your story. You know, the United Nations has an agency, uh, I should say, uh, they've got a conference called the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development. Mm, okay. They warned on Monday that all this raising interest rates to fight inflation is inducing a global recession. What? But they, they uh, to, to quote them, any belief that the central banks will be able to bring down prices by relying on higher interest rates without generating recession is an imprudent gamble. I mean, I kind of got the impression that they were trying to trigger a recession. They're just trying to trigger a mild recession. Well, the the title of the report is Development Prospects in a Fractured World. They're very concerned about emerging emerging economies specifically. Right. That already have high levels of private and public debt. Mhm. Uh is going to all this raising of, of rates is is going to lead to a debt crisis in any of the emerging emerging economies right now. So they don't believe that raising rates is going to help uh, bring any prices down or, or reduce inflation, basically. I think that's what that's supposed to mean. Uh, I believe the quote is, if you only want to use one instrument to bring inflation down, the only possibility is to bring the world to a slowdown that will end in a recession. So they are admitting it is an instrument, but they're also adding that windfall taxes on corporations or better regulations to control commodity speculation and efforts to resolve supply-side bottlenecks should also be uh, pursued. Mm-hmm. And then that makes sense. 
Yeah, because we're only focusing on one, we're guaranteeing a recession. Well, I mean, are we already in one? I think we are. I think we are. I know nobody wants to admit it, but I don't know how you can say we're not. But I think the point is, is for them would be then we're, we're only prolonging. Uh, we, we have seen the global growth projections from this, uh, this office revised. We saw them revised. Uh, so back in uh, uh, July, they revised global growth from 3.2% in 2022. They are down to 3.2% in 2022 and 2.9% in 2023. And they just adjusted them again to 2.5 in 22, 2.2 in 2023. You know, they, they actually make a, now that I think more about it, like with everybody talking about or trying to blame in, um, uh, the supply chain constraints, uh, uh, inflation on that, like why, why wouldn't they try to address that? Why wouldn't we do anything to try to address that if that's what we think the cause is of inflation or what we thought it was for a year and a half or however long that was? At the very least, a, a contributing factor. Come on. Right. Yeah. 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 And we're we're like, well, we'll just raise rates. It's like it almost seems lazy, right? Yeah. And then it's like, uh, we'll raise rates next week. Uh, no, not yet. No, no, no. We'll, we'll just, I don't want to see where this is going. Let's, let's see if it goes away <laughs> on its own. It's like a really lazy doctor, right? Like, hey, I got this rash. Yeah, I'd like to just, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. It's getting worse. Well, it might get better. I feel like it's more like a conductor driving a train into like a, a, a track that like runs out and he's like, hmm, this doesn't look good, but I want to see what happens. <laughs> got a lot of momentum. We might just get there. Yeah. <laughs> You're driving the train. Yeah, yeah. Well, not everybody is a bear, though. Oh? Brian Sozi. I'm guessing that's who it is. No, no, Matt Miskin. Sorry. Matt Miskin? Yes, the co-chief investment strategist at John Hancock Investment Management uh, is uh, one of the few people suggesting that maybe it's time to start buying. Or at least start looking for it. Okay. Uh, One of the reasons he gives is that he thinks the market is uh, oversold. Uh, The sentiment, he says, is washed out, which means that if everybody is bearish, uh, basically meaning that everyone is bearish. He said even the strategists out there that have been more bullish have kind of turned and become more bearish. Mm. Like, like, you know, two people who'd host a podcast that's called Two Bulls in a China Shop and they're shorting everything. Like, that's, that's, uh, that could be a, a sign of sentiment washing out. (laughs) <laughs> so he believes never never he believes that if there's any good news like if the ped starts to fit, pit, uh, pivot a bit or soften their stance a che- treasury yields stop going up oil prices came down anything should lead to a short-term bl- bounce in global equities mm. okay uh and he also says it's understandable why everyone's so bearish uh the federal reserve continuing its mission to stop out inflation uh surging u.s dollar rising mortgage mortgage rates nearing seven percent but uh, what he says is what they're actually doing today, what they're doing today is actually going to show up in terms of tightening in the economy next year. Uh, he says you can't just stop inflation in its tracks. If you want to do that, which is what they want to do, the best way to do it is to cause a global recession. <laughs> right? Oh. But the thing is, he says, you're bringing in all other risks into the picture. And by the time the data shows up, it's actually too late. And then last Thursday, the Bureau of Economic Analysis has reported the U.S. GDP has declined in the first half of the year. Two quarters. That used to be the benchmark. Yeah. And then also uh, earlier in September, uh, FedEx shocked the market by slashing its full year guidance. Let's see. North Face owner VF Corp issued full year profit warning. Nike warned on sales and profits last week. As reports from Apple planning to cut iPhone production due to growth fears. Uh, there's just uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of reasons to be not bullish. But I thought this guy was bullish. 
Yeah, but if everybody is bearish, then it's like the early adopter phase, right? Like we're mm, yep. from when we're reading the the markets and profile, you have the early innovators that jump in, then you have the the adopt the early adopters, and then the the rest of the group jumps on board. Well, I'm, uh, I was just looking at the vo- daily volume on this rally today, and it was it was not not super good. <laughs> um, that's kind of been the note of like uh, the theme of every rally we've seen since uh, the bear trend started, hasn't the I think so. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Looking back at the charts. Yeah. I could definitely see that trend. And actually we were complaining about that. I think on the first rally. Yeah. Like ah, volume looks like trash. And then it went, took out a previous high. In fact, <laughs> if you look at the 30 minute chart, you can see that last 30 minutes of the day was by far the biggest candle volume wise. And it was a sell candle. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it didn't really move either much. It's true. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I, I want to be able I do too, but uh, I also know that we're kind of at the top of a distribution again, and I would probably want to see us break out of that before I start, you know, flipping the bull switch on. And and I would also point out that for how many years everybody was a bull and it was going up. So mm-hmm. the fact that everybody's a bear doesn't mean it's bottomed out. Well, the market is biased to go up too, though. Sure, sure. But uh, what if now that we're doing quantitative tightening, it's biased to go down? Uh, I see what you did there. Mm. <laughs> I guess uh, maybe stop. Maybe we just need to pay attention to the technicals and not try to infer what the market's going to do and just react to what it is doing. Yes. It's showing a minor rally that brought us not even up to the highs of September 28th. No, no, we're back to the balancing area right before we broke the low. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So <laughs> let's not get too crazy. I know. Yeah, we've got a ways to go before we can say like, hmm, this is looking enticing. All right. Well, to to wrap us up, I think uh, I'll, I'll sum things up with the last story. Oh, yeah. There's a financial stability watchdog that's part of the Treasury that has come out. Uh, it's, it's called the Treasury Department Financial Stability Oversight Council. <laughs> Very creative. Who's in charge of naming all these groups? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, a, com- a government committee. Yeah. They came out uh, on Monday, October 3rd, uh, and released a report on digital assets, like cryptocurrencies. Mm. Uh, and they've outlined several recommendations to keep digital assets and crypto uh, from destabilizing the U.S. financial security. Oh, what were their what were their recommendations? Eliminating them? They're, they're, no, no. <laughs> the The recommendations was to hurry up and pass some legislation to provide for tighter oversight and enforce exist- existing laws. Mm-hmm. And then also probably to get their crypto out too that they've been trying to get for a while. The digital dollar is the answer, right? <laughs> to quote uh, Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, it is vital that government stakeholders collectively work to make progress on these recommendations. Uh, crypto asset activities could pose risks to the stability of the financial system and emphasizes the importance of appropriate regulation, including enforcement of existing laws. So, so they, they started this report back in February, mm-hmm. and they admit that the, the tri- crypto is only about 1% of global financial assets. But uh, because digital financing is quickly gaining in popularity and attracting more and more, uh, you know, criminal activity and mm-hmm. scamming. You know, a lot of criminals use dollars. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um <laughs> a lot of criminals use cash for sure. I, I remember uh, a lot of movies say they want unmarked, non sequential bills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, they're they're saying that uh, um, they they need to empower financial regulators to oversee the industry, uh, as well as expand bank exams to require federal and state agencies to have their people even be able to understand uh, crypto assets. But one thing I want them to do is to stop people from being able to say that they're FDIC insured when they're not. Yeah, right, right. Oh, your yeah. crypto's fine. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's it's not. No, it's not insured. Right. <laughs> so the the FSOC was formed after the 2008-2009 financial crisis mm-hmm. in order to identify emerging threats to the country's financial security. And it's, it got set up to organize a coordinated response across all of the U.S. regulators. So under the Dodd-Frank Act, it's been authorized to supervise and regulate non-bank financial companies, financial market utilities and payment, clearing or settlement activities to address possible vulnerabilities to financial stability. And to date, they've not used that authority to do anything with crypto. But the Treasury is saying they need to. Have they defined it yet? Right. Like last I remember, they're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> That's just the crazy thing is, is, is the, 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 the organization tasked with the power for emerging things Mm -hmm. hasn't done anything with it. Like that's like, this would, you would, you'd figure this would be step one. Right. Yeah. Like, isn't that your, your guys's thing? Yeah. Yeah. Can it still be considered to be emerging when Bitcoin's been around for, you know, how long? 13 years, but how long's uh, fiat currency been around? Yeah. 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 It's all about scale, right? <laughs> all about scale. Uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised it's taken this long, honestly. I mean, when you have countries adopting it, like you'd think that they would have figured something out by then. Like if you, yeah, yeah. If you need some help, go fucking ask El Salvador what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those poor teachers, they were right. They're like, we don't want our fucking pension in, in Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> oh, man. But on the brighter note, Kyle, our Skydle tokens are uh, worth something again. So it's not all doom and gloom. Were they up to like two and a half cents? Two and a half cents, baby. The best crypto is a free one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> if, I, if I knew how to beginning. use pancake swap, I, I would have dumped another 200 bucks in when it was at half a penny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't want the learning curve. I know, right? I'm too lazy. <laughs> I would have liked to have like cashed a little bit out at like four cents and then bought back in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's on the way up. But I still don't think there's enough liquidity on there to be able to make a trade yet. <laughs> it's it's still pretty white. Hey, it hit almost six thousand coins in a day. Yeah, it's got a ways to go. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for sticking around to the end. We hope you learned something new. I know I didn't. We'll be coming at you soon with another exciting episode. Just <laughs> say I didn't. <laughs> I did. I did say I didn't learn anything. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, feeling saucy. Yeah, Had yeah. a few drinks. <laughs> we'll be coming back at you soon with some more exciting content. Until then, though, happy trade. Bye, everybody. Like, rate, share, subscribe. Yeah, exactly. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Mm -hmm. 